Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Our Father and our God, we come before you tonight. Father, we come at a very special time. We gather for the first time this year, but we also gather when we are. We have set our face to seek your face and to fast. We ask, O oh Lord, that in your kindness and in your mercy, that tonight you grant us insight, wisdom, and very, very practical insight into your word that will make this season the best season or the most effective season that we've had when we've spent time in a fast. Oh Lord, for everybody who's listening on the podcast, who's watching this again, Father, bless them. Thank you for everybody from every country that has joined. We give you thanks, praise, honor, and glory in Jesus's most holy name. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, like I said, you're most welcome. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the subject of prayer and we'll, we'll look at the subject of prayer in um, direct relation to fasting. Um, so happy new year. If I haven't said it to everybody, happy new year. Um, we really appreciate that. We really appreciate the fact that we're here and may God be kind. So what we'll do is if you could turn in, in your Bible, um, let me take Jesus's words when it comes to looking at the issue of prayer and fasting. And so let me take Jesus's words and that will give us a foundation. And so we'll, we'll realize. So if you could turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter six. Um, I'm going to move the Bible here. So Matthew chapter six. Okay, Matthew chapter six is, is the Sermon on the Mount and what Jesus did during that period, it was, it was one of the most complete presentations of a concept that we have. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece of writing. And so I'll put, I'll put the, the reference here. So that's Matthew six, excellent. Okay, I'm just gonna make this a bit smaller. There you go, fantastic. Okay, Matthew chapter six. I'm going to read, Jesus speaks about a few things. And so he starts with giving, reading from verses one to five. Then he goes on to the issue of prayer and he presents um, prayer, praying in your closet. Then he presents the Lord's prayer. And so I'll read from five. And the Bible says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in on in the corners of the streets so that they may be seen by men truly i say to you they have their reward the bible then says but you when you pray enter into your room and shutting your door pray to your father in secret and your father who sees in secret shall reward you openly but when you pray do not babble vain words as the nations for they think that in their much speaking, 
they shall be heard. So I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible or the modern King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, therefore, do not be like them for your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. So he be, he's now clarifying prayer. Then he says, therefore, pray this way. Pray in this way. Really great. Our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then Jesus speaks about forgiveness. And he says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Verse 16, and when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites of a sad face, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to fast. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Let me pause there. The beautiful thing about Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 and 17, the Bible, all the way up to 18, where Jesus says, God will reward you. I want you to understand that fasting is an imperative. It wasn't if you fast, it was when you fast. Now, that means Jesus has just finished teaching on prayer. He's explained how forgiveness is central to prayer. Then he says, when you fast and so what that means is ladies and gentlemen let's put this in context jesus does not separate fasting and prayer now he also if we go if you come with me to matthew 17 we will see another famous reference matthew 17 um jesus is speaking about prayer and this is where his disciples have tried to cast out a demon and they can't do it and in Matthew 17, the Bible says, um, I'll read from verse 14. So Matthew 17, I'll read from verse 14. And when they came to the crowd, a man came to him kneeling down to him saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and grievously vexed, for oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him here to me. Verse 18, and Jesus rebuked the demon and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, move from here to there and it shall move and nothing shall be impossible to you. So Jesus is explaining the prayer of faith. He's explaining the power of faith. Now, verse 21 is critical. So Jesus is giving them an answer. Jesus now says, however, this kind does not go out, but by prayer and fasting. 
And so what you begin to realize is Jesus then presents the issue of prayer again. He's explained how faith works. He's explained that if they had faith, they could move mountains. But then he goes straight to their answer and he presents the concept once more that prayer and fasting are never separate. Now, so I'll give you one more reference and then I'll basically I'll summarize it and then we make we'll go into something else okay so that so the one more reference so that we can see so when Jesus is speaking about fasting he always associates it with prayer now that means prayer and fasting are inextricably linked they're tied together for a reason Okay, but now let's go to the first reference where fasting is mentioned in the Bible using the King James Version as a search. And if you could come with me to Judges 20, Judges 20. So let me explain the situation. It's the first time that fasting is mentioned in scripture. So the law of first mention, which is one of the guidelines when you're interpreting the Bible is whatever is mentioned in the Bible for the first time sets the tone of that thing throughout the Bible, simply because the Bible is true. So the first time we see fasting and we see its operation, this is key. So we keep this in mind. So Judges chapter 20, let me explain the story just really quickly. Um, the children of Israel are fighting for their faith. A section of the children of Israel, that's the tribe of Benjamin, have found themselves under the oppression of a spiritual force and it's producing behavior not conducive to the worship of Jehovah. They, at that time, there was no grace. It was direct. If something was wrong, you literally had to deal with it rather brutally. So they go to war. They go to God for the first time and I'll read, I'll read from 18. So Judges 20, verse 18. The Bible says, And the sons of Israel rose and went to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, Which of us shall go up first to the battle against the sons of Benjamin? And Jehovah said, Judah first. We'll come back to that in a moment. And the sons of Israel rose up early in the morning and camped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin. The men of Israel put themselves in order, ready to fight against them at Gibeah. And the sons of Benjamin came forth out of Gibeah, which is a town, came forth out of Gibeah and destroyed to the earth 22,000 men of the Israelites that day. And the people, okay, so let's pause. Let's take our declarations. So we'll pause. So let's say it together. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name we humble ourselves we pray and seek your face we turn from our wicked ways hear from heaven lord forgive our sins and heal our land in jesus's name we pray we declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. So if you want to pop an Amen into the chat, that's absolutely fine. Okay. Amen. So I'm at Judges 20, and I'm going to read from verse 22. Okay. 
the, they just, so the children of Israel had an assurance from God, go out, go and fight. Now, what they asked was, who should go first? And the Lord said, Judah should go first. That's all they asked. They went to battle and 22,000 of the men of Israel passed away. They were devastated that God, but we had a promise. We'll come to that in a moment. Then the Bible says, uh, verse 22, and the people, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves and set their battle in order again in the place where they put themselves in order the first day. And the sons of Israel went up and wept before Jehovah unto the evening and asked counsel from Jehovah, saying, shall I go up to battle against the sons of Benjamin, my brother? And God said, go up against him. So let's clarify. The first time they asked, Sh who should go first? The second time they asked, now they're a bit nervous. They said, should we go to battle? Is this a fight that we should or should not fight? God said, go up. Verse 24, and the sons of Israel came near against the sons of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went forth to meet them from Gibeah the second day and again destroyed to the earth 18,000 men of the sons of Israel and all these drew the sword. And all the sons of Israel and also they lost the second day. Now they have a challenge. And verse 26 is where we're going. And all the sons of Israel and all the people went up and came into the house of God. Everybody came. This is not just those that went to fight. Everybody gathered. Very similar to the way we are gathering before the Lord now. Into the house of God. And the Bible says the following. And wept and sat there before Jehovah and fasted until evening. It's the first time fasting is mentioned in the Bible. And offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before Jehovah. Verse 27, and the sons of Israel inquired of Jehovah, for the Ark of Covenant was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, shall I yet go out to battle against the sons of Benjamin, my brother, or shall I stop? And Jehovah said, go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into your hand. Then the story goes on, and I'll pause there, and I want to drive home the point. Notice, fasting is mentioned for the first time. They sat before the Lord, they wept, they sat in his presence, and then at the time of the evening offering, they offered sacrifices, and then they prayed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, notice that means fasting, and prayer are together the first time they are mentioned in scripture. When Jesus is speaking about fasting and prayer, he doesn't separate them. That means fasting and prayer go together. They work hand in hand. This story continues. It's a great story. We just don't have time to really, you know, preach it out. But this story, the Bible says they, they go out the third day and they have an amazing victory. And I want you to focus on verse. Okay, let, I'll read to verse 35. I'm reading 29 now. So Judges 20, 29, and I'm going to read to 35 and then I'll stop. 
And Israel set ambushes all around Gibeah. And the sons of Israel went up against the sons of Benjamin on the third day and put themselves in order against Gibeah as at other times. And the sons of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. And they began to strike some of the people and to kill as at other times in the highways, one of which goes up to the house of God and the other to Gibeah in the field, about 30 men of Israel. And the sons of Benjamin said, they are beaten before us as at the first. But the sons of Israel said, let us flee and draw them from the city to the highways. And all the men of Israel rose up out of their place and marshaled at Baal Tamar. And the ambush of Israel broke forth from their place and the plains of Gibeah. And there came against Gibeah 10,000 chosen men out of all Israel. And the battle was heavy, but they did not know that evil was near them. And Jehovah Verse 35, notice his key. And Jehovah struck Benjamin before Israel. And the sons of Israel destroyed in Benjamin 25,100 men, all of these that drew the sword. So, ladies and gentlemen, notice the first time fasting is mentioned in the Bible, prayer is integral to fasting so fasting and prayer go hand in hand why are we picking that out today so what are we looking at we're looking at the fact that as we come before god in this season of fasting prayer is essential why is that so important it's because of what fasting does jesus said to his disciples you can't do this. There's another level of ability that is available to you, but it is only available to you when you come into the place of prayer and fasting. So what am I saying? When you fast, what does fasting do? When you abstain from food for a spiritual reason, what does fasting do it does not replace your relationship with god it enhances your relationship with god and so let's break that down a little bit so when we come into the place of fasting and you'll notice this in the next few days the following will become easier because of what fasting does study in the bible spending time in prayer and when you add fasting and prayer together especially when it's done properly fasting is a multiplier it makes things happen at a higher level than if you were just praying now remember look at this story the children of israel had god's word but they were up against an enemy that was obviously being driven from a higher level. When they stepped into fasting, something changed. Notice what the Bible says in verse 35, that God broke the back of the enemy and then the enemy fell in the physical. So God broke things in the spiritual and there was a victory 
in the physical. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as you come into the place of fasting, so as you come into the place of fasting this season, let's come to a conclusion that one key thing you must do, you mustn't just go hungry. Make sure you're spending time in the place of prayer. So we're going to look at a few of those. And so we'll look at a few things where we, we can see that this is where prayer is, but you're taking time in the place of prayer. So let's look at a couple. The first one is, if we go back to Matthew 17, Jesus, so when you are confronted, Jesus says this, um, from verse 20, Jesus says the following, and Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, move from here to there and it shall move and nothing shall be impossible to you. However, this kind does not go out, but by prayer and fasting. So when you are praying for mountains to move, now remember the mountains or the strongholds that we are talking about that disembodied spirits take advantage of, many of them sit in our minds. They sit, the battleground is in our minds. When you come into the place of fasting, you get the upper hand. So when you speak to those disembodied spirits, you speak with a level of power and authority that was not normally there. So ladies and gentlemen, take advantage of the prayer times. And, and I say this without reservation, take advantage of the prayer times, the ones at midnight, the ones at, you know, the ones in the morning, whenever you get, um, take advantage of those times because while you're fasting, there is a multiplier effect so that the words of faith that you speak will become more effective. So that's key. So those, so that kind of prayer where you are now declaring the word of God. Let's go back to Matthew 6. So that's one kind of prayer that Jesus encourages that fasting benefits. Let's go back to Matthew 6. And then we'll also understand something. Matthew 6. When you look at the Bible, so we're now back in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, reading from verses 8, Jesus says, when you come to God daily in your prayers, pray like this. But he then says, two things will enhance your prayers. The first one is, forgive anybody that you have anything against. Because a once you have forgiven, there it's a multiplier effect. The Bible says that if you don't forgive, God will not forgive you and he will not answer your prayers. That's also uh, uh, um, detailed in Mark 11, 24 and 25, where Jesus says, make sure that you associate with your prayers forgiveness. Clear the slate so when you make a declaration, God can back it up. But then he says, add fasting. Why? So fasting to your daily and regular prayers. When you come before God daily, when you come before God in your time of devotion, when you are fasting, it multiplies things. Things that you, and, and I'll give you an example. I'm going to give you a very, very current example. It makes, gives you the grace to do things. It, give, it gives your words weight. Whereby when you're fasting and you make a declaration, things happen and that's very key especially in your daily prayers 
So Jesus says, when you come before the Lord on a daily basis, whereby you are coming through the Lord's prayer, this is your time of, with the Lord. This is your private time in prayer. When you are fasting, those times become more effective. And I'll give you an example. This time last year, and I have my notebook here to prove it, I was sitting at, um, we were fasting in last year, January. And in the middle of my prayer time, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, you know what, focus on fasting. So I picked up my pen and I started writing. I am geekish like that. I just did a search on the Bible, found all the scriptures on fasting and began to just pick them out. And it was like the Holy Ghost was just explaining them. I didn't understand why. I thought he was going to get me to preach on it. I thought, so I, you know, I was just having a great time. Wrote them down and left it. The fast finished and they stayed in my notebook. Until Sunday or Friday, when we realized that, okay, I pastor said we're praying for 21 days. I said, oh, great. That, and it dropped into my heart that, you know what? Help the young people. So do something every day. So do a small, you know, do a small video, pop it up onto Instagram. The first one went up today. And he said, do it on fasting. I thought, okay, great. But Lord, okay, let me start doing a study. I was exhausted through Christmas. I couldn't settle down. You know, I was literally, I was shut down. Got to last week, Friday, sat down. I said, okay, let me do the study. And the Holy Ghost tapped my heart. He said, check your notebook. So I opened up my notebook, went to this time last year. Now listen carefully. This time last year, open up my notebook. And in my notebook, I realized that I had written down and I had numbered or lettered the points. So I had written A, B, C, D, and so on. And I got to Q. If you count that out, that's 20 items. I have not stopped freaking out. I said, I have been saying it, that Holy Spirit, wait a minute. This was one year in advance. You made sure I had the resources to do what you wanted me to do at the beginning of this year. What am I do what am I encouraging you to do ladies and gentlemen? Your regular prayer times. When you come before God and you're presenting daily prayer times, when you're presenting regular prayers, when you're presenting the things that concern you or you're just spending time with the Lord, when you are fasting, it's multiplied. So while we were fasting last year, the Lord prepared something for this year, 12 months in advance. May it be so with you this year that you will hear things that will change your life forever. Simply because you've added the multiplier effect to your relationship with God. So that's, that's key. So let's look at one more, um, one more area where prayer and fasting go together. Come with me, please, to Daniel. And I'll go to Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. Actually, no, I'll go to Daniel chapter 10. Let's go one chapter forward. Daniel chapter 10. And we'll... So, Daniel 10... And I will read, now Daniel has set, I'll read from one. In the third year of the king of Cyrus, the king of Persia, a thing was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, and the thing was true in a great conflict. And he understood the thing, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. 
I ate no food for delight, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all until three whole weeks were fulfilled. Meaning, Daniel was fasting while he was praying. He was presenting to God the fact that, Lord, the 70 years that you said we would stay here are up. We are done, Father, but things are not moving like you've promised. The promise that is found in Jeremiah, one of the wonderful things that the word over our life this year is Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 13. Grab that word. That promise, he was saying, Lord, it's done. We've done the 70 years. Nothing has happened. And for 21 days, which is very interesting that we are doing 21 days, he prays to the Lord. And he says, Lord, what's happening now? I'm going to skip forward because of time, because I really want to take questions. So anyone that has um, challenges, you can ask them. So please, if you want to put your questions into the chat, please go ahead. Feel free. It will work. And I'm going to pick up the narrative from verse six. Um, I'm going to pick up the narrative from verse nine yet i heard a voice of his words this is an angel and i when i heard the voice of his words then i was in a deep sleep on my face and my face was toward the ground and behold a hand touched me which set me shaking on my knees and on the palms of my hands and he said to me a man oh daniel a man greatly beloved understand the words that i speak to you stand upright for to you i am now sent and when he had spoken this word to me i stood trembling then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself before the Lord, i.e. fast, your words were heard and I have come for your words. But the ruler of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief rulers came to help me and I remain there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what shall happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for many days. Pause for a moment. Daniel prayed for 21 days. Now, this is where, ladies and gentlemen, I really want you to grab hold of the different times of prayer, sometimes in the night, praying on your own, praying while you're, a lot of us are at home, so you can pray like crazy, walk around praying, no one's going to call you in that case pray in the holy ghost why because there's an element when you add fasting to prayer and you begin to pray for the well-being of a nation you begin to pray in god's will and you begin to pray in promises that have been delayed fasting moves things in the spirit daniel's promise was delayed even when it was released from heaven there was a delay the bible said the kings of persia and the kings of the kings of persia and the king uh, the rulers of persia and the ruler of um let me see yeah the ruler of persia which stood the angel that was bringing his answer this is where persistent and prevailing prayer kick in ladies and gentlemen I cannot recommend any higher to you praying in tongues. Take advantage of the times that we are going to be praying in the spirit. 
pray longer than you've prayed before. And if you don't pray in the spirit, not only will we pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, but we also, God will lead you in your understanding. And I want you to press in. Fasting and prayer. So Daniel fasted and prayed. Now, this is key. So there's been regular prayer. There's the direct declarations prayer where we're moving mountains. Now it is persistent where we say, God, the promise says, the word of God concerning me says, the word of God concerning this nation says, our declaration that we make every day, oh God, says, and we are now looking for a performance. We're asking God to break the hold of something. And all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, while we're fasting, our words will be energized. So I advise. So again, now this is where you are now praying the unknown. You are praying mysteries. So that is another element of prayer that fasting makes so much more powerful. So much more because you really don't know what you're dealing with. Um, let me give you an example. Um, and I'll, I'll use myself as an example. And I, I can make fun of me. So it really doesn't matter. 24 years ago, I, I, I wasn't married. 25 years ago, I wasn't married. And I had struggled. I mean, I had tried all every, broken every rule. But the essence was this. We got to a particular January, very similar to this one. And a fast was called, it was a hundred days fast, but they said, if you do 21 days that you could, you're clear. I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm, or do 31 days, you're clear. I said to the Lord, Lord, as much as I love the country that we're praying for, I really desperately need to marry. So I said, this 31 days, I've set my face like a flint. I'm just going to pray. And so I didn't know what to pray for. So I prayed for hours in the spirit, prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Now, listen carefully. The last 24 years have been one roller coaster of God's goodness. You don't know what you are praying into reality when you are pr praying and fasting and praying in the spirit. I had no idea what we would go through. We thought we would just have a normal marriage. We have been through things that would make your hair curl, but God has been with us every step of the way. Why? Because we laid the tracks for God to intervene when we prayed like crazy. I prayed like a madman and I prayed in the spirit. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 14, reading from verses 1 to verse 3, the Bible says that when you pray in the Spirit, you speak mysteries, things that are hidden. Some of them God cannot tell you because it would literally freak you out and you pray God's will into place. So, ladies and gentlemen, what am I telling you? When you are praying in the Spirit, whereby you are praying the perfect will of God into place, whereby you are praying through delays and resistance. Praying in the spirit is heightened and it becomes more effective when you are fasting. And so, ladies and gentlemen, notice, what am I doing? What am I trying to lay out to you? I'm trying to encourage you, please hear me. For the next 21 days, every opportunity 
every opportunity that you get to spend time in prayer, whether that be over um, that, whether that be when you're having a drink or when you're having a drink of water or when you're breaking your fast at six or when you're praying in the spirit or you're joining the prayer in the morning, take the time because prayer, when you are fasting, fasting does the following. Come with me to Isaiah 58 and then I'll take questions. Isaiah 58. And Isaiah 58, verse 4. The Lord is explaining here to Israel that they're not fasting properly. But in the middle of that, from verse 4 down to verse 14, he articulates the power of prayer and fasting. But verse 4 is our focus. Isaiah 58, verse 4. Okay? The Bible says the following, behold, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness and you shall not fast as you do today. And now this, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard anything I've said, just take this scripture and meditate on it to make your voice to be heard on high. Meaning, fasting's purpose is to amplify your voice into the spiritual so that when you speak, it is heard and things move on your behalf. The purpose of fasting is to ensure that your voice is heard. So when Jesus was explaining prayer, he did not give us an option. He said, when you fast, because prayer requires it, especially where you are praying, not just for your needs, but you are praying for national issues. And ladies and gentlemen, think about it. Our base scripture for this fast is 2 Chronicles chapter 20, reading from verse 13. They were facing a national challenge a national challenge. And they did what? They fasted in a way that was drastic. Everybody gathered to fast. It says everybody, all of Israel, all of their wives. And then the Bible makes a distinction. It says all of their little ones and children. So they pulled all the young people in of all the ages and then they pulled in the children and they said this matters so much we're going to stand before god now listen carefully what did they do they prayed like crazy hear me well the last saturday of the fast you have an opportunity to do something that heaven will not forget we have a 12-hour prayer meeting the last time we had it i saw some people pray from beginning to end, you have to send a message to heaven. Let me say this carefully. Um, and I'll say this because the Bible bears it out. The heavens belong to the highest bidder. I need you to bid high during this fast in the place of prayer. Because the stakes are high. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to pause there. Um, what have we covered? 
regular prayer, mountain moving prayer, the prayer for promises, prayer that deals with delays, prayers that cover mysteries, prayers that deal with national challenges and prayers that deal, ladies and gentlemen, prayers that deal with things in the spirit, prayers that deal with delays. Keep this in mind. Bid high in the place of prayer. And so, as I encourage you, as, as we go through this fast, I want you to realize, notice, God's default mode is to answer prayer. But when fasting is added, things happen at a higher level. Things that you have not been able to shift in the recent or far past will shift in this 21-day period because you will fast and pray. So last thing I would like to say is this, and, and, and then I'll, if you have any questions, pop them into the chat. Fasting does not replace your relationship with God. Fasting enhances your relationship with God. Because when you fast, the one thing that happens is your flesh goes quiet. And I heard this articulated on Sunday. One of our youth leaders explained it and she nailed it. Your flesh is quieted. We'll talk about that next week when we talk about fasting. Your flesh is quieted and your spirit is freed to hear and respond to God. Remember, as you fast, your relationship with God is heightened when it comes in the place of prayer. So ladies and gentlemen, I'll stop there. Um, I hope you are blessed. I'm really encouraged for this 21 day period. God will give you strength. So any questions, pop them into the chat. And, we'll, and I'm happy to do general questions on fasting or prayer. Um, okay, the different prayer types. I, I will go. Um, I, I will. Um, so let's go through the different types of prayer. Daily prayers, that's regular Matthew 6. Mountain moving prayers, where your prayers are working with the declaration of faith, Mark 11. That is Matthew 17. Prayers to move promises, that is Daniel chapter 10. Prayers that cause um, national issues to be dealt with. That is Second Chronicles 20, reading from verse 13. Prayers, that fasting and prayer that causes your voice to be heard on high so that things that haven't been heard before are heard again. That's Isaiah 58, reading from verse 4. And then prayers concerning mysteries where you are praying the perfect will of God in the spirit. First Corinthians chapter 14, reading from verses one to three, or you could look at Romans chapter eight, which is the famous one, reading from verses 26 to 28. So those are the kind of prayers. What am I encouraging you? Whichever way you want to pray, pray whichever way just pray during this season it will be heightened i hope that helps now 
can I um can I please give a Bible verse to meditate on for your comment the heavens belong to the highest bidder? Let me explain. Philippians chapter 2, reading from verses 5 to verse 11. The highest bid made by a man when it comes to things of the heavenlies was the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says the price that he paid is unsurpassable. And the Bible says because of that price, his name will cause every other name to bow. So what does that mean? The, he, he laid a bid for our well-being that cannot and will not be surpassed. So that is Philippians 2, reading from verses 5 down to verse 11. I hope that helps. Um, so meditate on that. That was a high bid. If you want another reference of that bid, um, John chapter 10, reading from verses 17 to 18, Jesus said, I am not doing this for anything else except that I love the Father and nobody takes my life from me. That sacrifice has had the greatest effect of any act on the planet. The heavens belong to the highest bidder. Are we together? Great questions. Um, how can how do you overcome the days that you feel low when you think you can't continue fasting due to a lack of willpower or strength this is this is <laughs> this is beautiful great 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 question so what do you do and we're going to deal with this in week three um pastor is going to come and explain it for us which is worship remember what i said when you're fasting all areas of your walk with God are heightened. So when you spend time in fasting and you're tired of fasting or praying, then eat. And I heard this on Sunday as well. So rather than just go hungry, feed your spirit, man. So at your meal times, load in the word of God. Say the word of God to yourselves. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, reading from verses 1 and 2, that grace and peace will be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That means the strength that you require. This is where praying in the spirit is wonderful. The Bible says so that also, so that is one scripture. Second scripture, when you're feeling low, pray in the spirit. Jude 1, there's only one chapter in Jude, Jude 1, verse 20. The Bible says, and you, my beloved, build up your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. When you pray in the spirit for long periods, it is like your spirit man is lifting weights. When you're praying and you're praying in the spirit, it's not just praying to make something happen. It makes something happen on the inside. The Bible says that your faith is built. Third, how do you get strength when you're tired? Ask for help. And ladies and gentlemen, please don't be religious. Please, please, please do not be religious. 
Go as far as you can. Push yourself as far as you can. But do not think that God will break your ankles if you have to have something to eat to keep going or you need a biscuit or you need a sugary drink. God's not going to break your ankles. That's not the God we serve. Fasting, God is not moved by your suffering. And we're going to talk about, well, I'll, I'll be talking about that with the young people in one of the other days. Fasting only and moves God to do what his word says. He's not moved by your suffering. So it's like, it's not that, oh God, you can see I'm hungry. You can see I'm almost passing out. You can see I haven't had a bath. No, no, Jesus said, when you fast, don't act like that. Because God is only moved in the place of fasting to do what his word says. Your relationship with God is based upon his word and his spirit. So that means when you are fasting, he's not freaked out if you get tired. He understands your frame. So when you're tired, pick yourself up, load in the word. So it's not that, oh my goodness, you know, I've, I've done, you know, seven or eight days, I've done three days, or it's, you know, it's 11 o'clock and I have to have a biscuit. Keep going. God is bigger than our weaknesses. Does that make sense? Last thing I want you to do is when you're looking for strength, ask him. Okay. Ask him. All right. Um, so I hope that helps. I, I hope that helps. Ask. Um, James chapter one, reading from verse five. Ask, God will send help. The Holy Spirit will strengthen you. Acts chapter one, verse eight. So keep that in mind. All right. Um, all right. Can I send that to you? Um, the best thing to do, ladies and gentlemen, as I am, ladies and gentlemen, I'm working without notes. No offense. I'm working without notes. The best thing to do, if you've missed anything, go to the podcast chew it over, listen to it six, seven times, get it onto your inside. It's a deliberate act. Um, so I don't have notes to send. I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not working from notes right now. I'm not, uh, I apologize. Uh, if, if, if uh, I would love to send you notes, but the best thing to do, grab the podcast, put it on repeat, listen and listen and listen and listen. And by the way, if you have any questions, email them in. I'm more than happy to respond. You can follow us on Instagram that we'll be talking about some of these elements of fasting. Get into the prayer meetings. They will also be broken down. Get into the, make sure you're in the connect group. It will also be broken down. So there are lots of places you can grab life. Um, the fast in Isaiah 58 does not say anything about food. It, uh, please explain. The Bible does say in Isaiah 58, it says, it does say about food, but then it presents a higher level of fasting. And that is, what does it do? It says, when you are fasting, your actions, whereby you extend care. I would love to break it down. But if you look at your actions, it says that, that what kind of fast does God want? He wants you to step out and be his hands, his eyes, and his instruments to make life better for others. He said, for which I will respond to you. And in the middle of verse nine, he says, this is the fast I want. That means this is the sacrifice. This is where you restrain yourself from something you want. So fasting is not only fasting from food. It is the restraint from something that you want or you want to do 
And the Bible says, when you do so in the middle, he says, I'll hear your voice. Um, we'll talk about that next week when we look at the mechanics of fasting and we will jump onto Isaiah 58 next week. Great question. If I forget, remind me. So please send me an email. All right. Um, in terms of praying for specific things. All right. To avoid expecting things that won't happen because our heart is in the wrong place. Is there an order of wants our heart must obey before we start asking for things? For example, when David asked for God and not what God could provide for him, is it bad that we want things from God? Because sometimes I feel whenever I, whatever I ask for, I must be ready to give it up because God should be enough for me. Fantastic question. Let's settle something. Let's settle something. Prayer is God's idea. John chapter 14, reading from 12 and 14. Let's settle something. Although God is building your character, he says, ask whatsoever you will in my name and I will give it to you. So there's an element of prayer that is asking for things and do not feel guilty about it. On the other side of that, when you begin to walk with the Lord, the Lord will then grow you to a point where he will say, you know what, what you're asking for is granted, but now I'm reaching into a place of relationship. So I'll give you an example. When God comes to Abraham in Genesis 18, before Abraham gets the chance to interrupt their conversation with his primary need, God says, what you are asking for is settled. Why? Our relationship has grown. This is why, and I'll come to, I'll give you a scripture for this in a moment. He says, our relationship has grown. Why? So I'm not coming to you to allow me to beg for something. I don't need that. He says, I'm coming to you because of a relationship. We have work to do together. So what you're asking for before you ask our grant, and then that frees you to intercede for others in a way that is not hampered by your needs. So what am I saying? Do not feel guilty when you ask God for things. He said, ask. That's John chapter 14. Then the Bible says that when you ask in the name of Jesus, the term used is whatsoever. That means God's willing to ask you. But then it grows in that now, because I God will grow you to a point where it's not you're not just coming for needs, you're coming for him. You're coming to spend time with him. You're learning and you're beginning to present prayers that he wants to hear and he will tell you. At that time, what does he do? Please remember, hold on to this scripture. Matthew 6, 33. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things that others chase after will be added there comes a point where god will grow you so that your asking for things will only be an exception because you are doing the will of god at such a high level 
So please, my dear, whoever asked that question, listen to me carefully. While you are asking for things, do not feel guilty. But as you begin to walk with God, he will grow you to a place that you'll realize before you ask, it is granted. Great question. Great question. Do, God is not going to grow you by that kind of suffering. He loves you. That means if he said ask, he wants to give you. He will grow your personality and character, but he will do both together. Great question. Okay, sometimes I can feel discouraged praying with others because I do not pray in tongues. So sometimes I do not pray as long as everyone else. Is there anything I can suggest? Two things. Luke 11 verse 13 is this. The blessing the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues comes because we ask. And so the first thing is, while before you get into a crowd, ask God to bless you with it. Acts chapter 10, the Bible said the Holy Spirit fell upon those that were listening while Peter spoke and there was the prayer, the blessing was granted with the evidence of speaking in tongues. May that happen to you today. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. When you're praying with people, don't be intimidated by the prayer band brother who seems to go like a machine. When you are praying because God is omnipresent, it is like you are the only person on the planet. Speak to your father the way it comes to your heart because the burden of interpretation belongs to a parent not the child that means pray the way you want to pray god will work out the details i hope that encourages you we will do a teaching on the baptism of the holy spirit definitely within these 21 days we'll have to make something available so just just keep it in mind. We'll make it happen. Okay. Please be encouraged. Great question. Um, I'm trying to get through all the questions. I hope we can. How do we ensure our prayers don't turn into babbling as per Matthew 6 verse 7? Very simple. Pray the word of God, knowing that you are coming to a God who wants to grant it. So you are not begging you are coming based upon the promises. It stops babbling. So when you are coming based upon the word of God, you are presenting to God as a lawyer would. The Bible said there are three stages. So write this scripture down, please. Sorry, I'm not fast enough to type them into the, into the chat today, please. Um, Philippians chapter four, reading from verses six to eight. Follow the stages. It stops us babbling. The Bible says, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, make all your requests known unto God. The Bible then says, and then the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. The peace that passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds. Then take it to verse eight. This is how you stop babbling. The Bible says, then control your thoughts and your thinking by focusing on the things that God wants to answer. I hope that helps. 
We'll jump on that again if we don't, if it's not clear. We will. Great question. Please, um, Tola, please, can we copy the chat so anything that's not dealt with, we can make available, um, so we can make available afterwards. Um, all right. Great question. I work in a bakery. How can I stop, keep myself from being tempted? Remember, fasting is not fleshly. It is primarily spiritual. Keep the word of God in front of you. How do you stop being tempted? How do you stop yourself taking something from a shelf in Tesco's which you haven't paid for? You focus on the goal and you understand what is at stake. Understand when you're fasting, it is not punishment. It gives you, the Bible says, Isaiah 58 verse 4, it enables you to cause your voice to be heard on high. That's what's at stake. Keep that in focus. And in the same way you don't steal from Tesco's, you will keep going with the fast. I hope that helps. And I hope that's practical. I'm not sure I could work in a bakery and fast, but I'm on your side. Um, all right. How do you deal with an attack when fasting? We will deal with that next week. I promise. I promise. I, I promise. Ladies and gentlemen, we've run out of time. Um, I love you and I really appreciate you and I'm really glad that you came in. I encourage you, plug into all the prayers, plug in and go as far as you can. Remember, God, we'll talk about that next week. Go as far as you can. God is not moved by your suffering. That's not the case. He's moved by your faith. Give it your best shot. God will honor and bless this journey. Enjoy the next 21 days, ladies and gentlemen should be fun. Hopefully we'll see you in different places online. Have a wonderful evening. I hope that helped. God bless you.